everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. My name is Carol, and I just want to thank you for tuning back into our series on Revelation. And today we are discussing chapter 18, and the discussion on Babylon continues in this chapter. So I want to begin by reading this chapter. It's long. I want to prepare you now, so just get yourself comfortable. But I want to read the chapter first, then we're going to go into a discussion, which shouldn't take very long. So let's begin by reading. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she has glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, and am no widow, and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city! For in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise any more merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble, and cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil and incense and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and bodies and souls of men. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with every gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus 
With violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any more. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeteers shall not be heard in you any more. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you any more. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you any more. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you any more. The voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you any more. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery all the nations were deceived, and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, and of all who were slain on the earth. Wow. After Babylon is destroyed so violently and swiftly, in a day, with violence, having been consumed by fire, her judgment is described as permanent and absolute. Never again will there be heard in this city music. Workers will never rebuild this city. Tradesmen will never be active in her again. All agriculture will cease. There will be no marriage, no weddings. Human life there will not return. Her description is almost like that at this moment of a of like caged, where every foul thing is going to be bound up, but then eventually cast out. This last big Babylon was a godless place where riches and excess excess were worshipped. It became the financial center that dominated world rulers and it will be destroyed. You know, one of the big changes we've seen in our world is that real power, worldly power that is, is not with politicians. But we are discovering, right, that it's with big business. You know, in an article from Fortune magazine in February of 2022, the headline read, Corporations, not governments, can create a better world. Isn't that interesting? And when I read through in that article, the article itself made reference to corporations and their investors are becoming more committed to a better tomorrow. When looking to address a big social problem, don't just write to your congressperson, Contact your latte vendor. So you see where it's all heading. It's all heading in that direction. And this is what we see in Revelation. And when Babylon is destroyed, a heavenly messenger opens up chapter 18, coming out of heaven to announce it. It's a joyful moment. This angel is filled with power and authority whose glory illuminates the whole earth and cries out, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. It is a great proclamation. What a message for the world to hear at this moment. It is a time of great rejoicing and celebration because this evil, this immoral place is no more. Now there's only one more big event to take place and the shift into a new heaven and a new earth and new Jerusalem begins. And there's a message for God's people in all of this, that there is no place for holy people in a city devoted to immorality. Notice what it said in chapter 17 and what it says in chapter 18 about God's people. In chapter 17, first we learn that believers will be martyred in this city because chapter 17 says that the horror is drunk with the blood of the saints, those who bore the testimony of Jesus. 
Christians are not popular in a place that's devoted to selfish indulgence. People will not want to hear about a righteous God in a place like that. So they're going to want to silence Christians, just like they did in ancient Rome, remember? Christianity will grow more unpopular, my friends, as time marches on towards the end. We will be more and more unwelcome in an antichrist society. Secondly, the thing that Christians need to be aware of or that's pointed out, in this chapter, the saints are told to come out of her, my people. This is God's people. Why? So that you will not share in her sins. So that you will not receive her plagues, her punishment. For her sins are piled up to heaven. And God has remembered her crimes. It is time to pay the price. And God is telling the people, his people, get out. Get out of this sinful place. We should be practicing this now. Being crucified with Christ and crucified to the world, as Paul says in Galatians. Or as the scripture says, come out from among them and be separate unto the Lord. Be holy, for I am holy. We should not look like the world that we are operating in. We may live here, but we are no longer from here. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And this message is much like Jeremiah's plea to the Jews in Babylon. In Jeremiah 51 verse 6, here you have Babylon's cup is broken by the Lord. Where decadent Babylon, that real Babylon, was beyond healing and it had to be abandoned. The destruction of that Babylon, the ancient Babylon, it was the vindication of the justice of God. And it would be realized again, of course, here in Revelation. But God's people were instructed to to come out of her, just as they are instructed here to come out. And note something. It doesn't say the Lord will take them out. It says for them to act. Come out. It's something we have to choose to do. It's going to be a choice. So clearly not all believers are going to be martyred. Some may escape with their lives. However, in order to escape, they'll probably have to leave every single thing behind. And will they be willing to do that? And then thirdly, the third thing for God's people is this. When Babylon falls, a celebration is commanded in verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you, holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. God has judged her for how she has treated you. And to be an apostle is to be a sent one. We are all sent out, right? So we're talking about Christians singing and rejoicing at the destruction of the financial systems of the world at this immoral place. And it's going to look really interesting because there's going to be two types of reactions taking place. The command for Christians to rejoice, but then the weeping and wailing and mourning of the world as they watch her burn. See, the world is going to be weeping and mourning as they watch this city burn up. The merchants of every kind of good are, are weeping and mourning because no longer will their goods be needed. They had all those goods that made them rich, whether it was gold or silver, those precious stones. You can think of jewelers. You can think of people who used precious uh, 
gems and, and gold and silver to make all kinds of things. You have fragrances that people used, clothing, wines, food, building materials, cattle. Think of purebred animals. This goes on and on. It makes sure it identifies just about everything people need on the earth. And so these merchants are mourning. But it also says at the end of that list, the bodies and souls of men. Imagine the huge industry, my friends, of trafficking, child trafficking, drug mules, people who are used to smuggle drugs into countries. Think of the the, um, industry of prostitution, right? Think of gambling. Think of all of the things where people make a lot of money. All of this unholy fruit that made them rich is now gone from them. And they mourn greatly. All the shipmasters will also be mourning. All who travel by ships and all who trade on the sea, they too are watching from a distance as this city is up in smoke. Friends, think of all the barges, all of the crates that are transported on the seas. Imagine the goods that have been transported over the years. Weaponry, children, money laundering, slaves. People aren't in These businesses, if they're not making money, but now that money is gone and they too will mourn. And then contrast that with the Christians around the world and heaven above who are commanded to rejoice. Two very distinct reactions will be taking place at the same time. And you know, there's that peculiar verse in verse 23 says, the light of the lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. Yes, it means people will not be there. But I also look at that verse, and to me it also shows that believers, followers of Christ who are called the lamp of the Lord, they used to be heard in this city, but no more. Jesus used to be heard in this city as the bridegroom, but no more. From now on, even that is gone. And from now on, the voice of the bridegroom and the bride is heard only in regards to the marriage of the Lamb and the new Jerusalem. Why? Why did all this happen? Well, we know that she prostituted herself with all of these people. We know that she prostituted herself with the rulers of the world. But it also says something very interesting at the end of this chapter. It's because of her sorceries. By her sorceries, all the nations were deceived. Do you know what that word sorceries means in this verse? It's in your strongest concordance 5331, and it's the word, the Greek word, pharmakia. And do you know what pharmakia means? Medication. That's where we get the word pharmacy. It's where we get the word pharmaceuticals. That word pharmakia is the word magic, sorcery, witchcraft. These sorceries speaks of the use of medicine, drugs, spells, and witchcraft used in conjunction with each other. You see, in sorcery, the use of drugs, whether simple or potent, was generally accompanied by incantations and appeals to occult powers, 
with the provision of various charms and amulets. If you have never heard of this, I encourage you to study it, to understand it, because we've been deceived by a lot over the years, especially in the field of medicine. And so this specific type of sorceries, this pharmacia, it was professed that it was designed to keep the patient from the attention and power of devils. But actually, it was to induce the patient with the mysterious powers of the sorcerer, which came from devils. Doesn't that make you think about our medical industry a little bit differently? Now, I'm not saying every medicine out there is bad or that we haven't had important surgeries for one thing or another. But let's think about this for a minute. What is happening all over the world? Over-medication. Rather than looking for natural solutions to our health issues, we are instantly prescribed a pill for our problem. Have you ever noticed that? I'm raising my hand over here because it's happened to me on a number of occasions. Consider for a moment, my friends, that global revenues from the pharmaceutical industry total $1.2 trillion. Trillion. Tell me they're in the business about making us healthy. And Pfizer is a pharmaceutical leader. Now, again, I'm not saying these companies are bad. But when you think of that word pharmakia, it's where we get the word pharmaceutical and pharmacies and how the pharmaceutical industry is one of the largest in the world, it definitely makes you think. It's witchcraft. Now think about that in relation to the term we just read about for sorcery. It ought to just give us something to ponder and look into more. You know, I recently read a quote that said, we are fed by the food industry, which pays no attention to health, and are treated by the health industry, which pays no attention to food. Now, that may or may not be true in your mind, but it's just something to think about. Mystery Babylon, besides seducing the leaders of the world, used sorcery to deceive the people of the nations. If you've ever seen an illusionist or a magician in Vegas or somewhere, it's really hard to discern how they perform their tricks, isn't it? It plays a trick on our eyes. Well, this city is no different. It's played a trick on us. It's played a trick on the nations. It's given us an illusion that her sorceries, her pharmacia, were for our good. But at the end, she deceived them all. Well, things begin to start looking up after all this. As we close out chapter 18, our Lord comes on the scene with great majesty, authority, and power. And boy, oh boy, I certainly can't wait for those episodes. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope uh, you have a blessed rest of your day, and I look forward to the next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.